Hello, hello, and welcome to our latest edition of the Gestalten Podcast, live from the Detroit Motor Show, or as it officially is called, the North American International Auto Show 2019. A.K.A. the D. A.K.A. the D. <laughs> my name is Martin Groschwald uh, from the lovely company called Concept House, and I'm here with my very, very dear colleague, Eric Galina. Eric, how's things? What's up, guys? Eric here, A.K.A. Form Trends. <laughs> We are live. And a bit knackered, a bit tired actually. Last time we did this, we were in LA. We didn't go to the Genesis party, unfortunately, this time. No. We went to Designers Night. Yes. Which was good fun. Which was good fun. Good yes. fun as always. Yes, Camilo knows how to throw some serious parties. And so it was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, and as you can see, um, you know, thanks to our lovely producer and uh, guy who's running all this show, Eddie, we are here at uh, Infinity. And right behind us is the Infinity QX inspiration. We actually see Karim Habi just giving a couple of interviews um, about the car. And uh, so we're, you know, we're actually quite happy to be here because this thing is actually quite nice. But let's, let's not jump onto the cool things right away. Um, so obviously we've been here since Saturday. So for a few days we uh, had the chance to pretty much use all day yesterday have a good idea about the show, see everything, speak to a lot of people. And before we get into details of everything, what, what do you think of the show, Eric? I mean, you know, it's much smaller from what you've told me. It's my actually my, my first time here, mm. but you have mentioned it's much smaller. So what, what, is, what is your kind of initial feedback of the show 2019? Well, okay, so I, I've been coming to the Detroit show almost 15 years, I think about 13, 14 years. And This is by far the smallest I've ever seen this show. Now, the venue itself, of course, is still the same size, but the show stands are much larger because there's fewer of them. Um, so what, I'm, what I've seen, actually, this year that surprised me probably the most is, of course, besides the absence of manufacturers like the German uh, BMW, Mercedes, um, um, and, uh, and Audi, being no-shows here, uh, typically Porsche doesn't come out, Volvo doesn't come out, They haven't for many years, but there's never been as many like tier one and tier two suppliers yeah. on the floor here. So you've got like Denso right over there. You've got Asen. You've got uh, Michelin is probably the only tier one supplier that has ever had a presence on the main floor, and that's changed significantly this year. Um, so it's generally just a much smaller show. Uh, we could have, we could have easily gone around this. Whole in a day, and yeah. covered it in, in a day, even half a day, yeah. um, because so few are the reveals, and um, it's a shame because I was actually, you know, according to rumors that we saw in the media, there was supposed to be a new Bronco concept here. There was supposed to be, um, well, I don't, I was expecting there to be uh, an electric Cadillac. Uh, none of which are actually here. The Cadillac was purely just um, a couple of images, a couple of renderings. It's much like a teaser, and the people didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's not even a model. From we were surprised about that. We saw the teasers, and we were actually quite excited because the photos looked not bad mm. for a Cadillac. Yeah. But then the people told us it's not here, yes. and apparently it's not even sure if this thing will ever be presented as a proper car. No. It's a future product for 2021, I believe. Um, so Is that what they said, yeah? At any point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment. And the Bronco thing, I don't know what happened with that because it would have been a great opportunity for Ford to really, um, you know, 
grab the bull by the horns, as it were, and um, and and represent at this show, which is you know obviously it's it's home show with uh, with that card. Now it wasn't bad. Um, Ford showed the new Explorer. They showed a new version of the Shelby GT500. Um, but I think you know, and this is kind of the message that I'm getting in the industry at the mm -hmm. moment. It's a bipolar state where, and or from one side they're talking about how you know there's so much. Uh, you know, uh, opportunity for mobility yeah. and new transport solutions and all the rest and showing us that image of the future. And then in the next breath, they're unveiling the Shelby G2 at <laughs> 700 plus horsepower. So, um, yeah, but it's, that's just the way that it is. You know, at the moment, there's still, and of course, Detroit, muscle cars, I understand that entirely. And there's, there's always going to be a, a need for that, um, you know, uh, kind of split because certain people want to drive themselves and certain people want to have these performance cars but then the social ways of the world are all pointing us towards autonomy and car sharing yeah so anyway that was one thing that i really noticed here uh, you can you can really see how ces and la in such short concession has hurt the show a lot no, yeah, I mean, we've seen, especially at CES, quite a few uh, big coming outs, especially with Mercedes, you know, yes. showing showing a couple of cars. I think it was over there. You know, this whole idea about technology, um, and I think Ford was the biggest example for that. They were talking about electric cars. They were talking about the connectivity in cars, but they didn't show anything here. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's just talk. And we can see that here. This show is very, very American. For us as Europeans coming in, but also I think for the Americans, I mean, you know, we see big cars, we see still like massive V8 engines being presented here. I, I you know, I didn't see any kind of hybrids, anything new from that from that perspective. So it is a strange show, and I think it it is good for it to be actually moved down to you know June 2020 now, so mm -hmm. 18 months from now. It has a little bit of time to to reconsider its purpose in in the whole calendar, I think, and also what it wants to portray. You know, I because like you know Detroit needs to change. I you know I, I was pleasantly surprised. My like I mentioned, it's my first time over here. This town has so much potential. Uh, but it's still dominated by all these, you know, Midwestern big pickup trucks. And, you know, as much as I love them, is I'm not quite sure if this is the future in the longer term. So um, I, I hope that they will be able to reconsider a little bit the purpose of the show. And that when 2020, when we're coming back, we will see, you know, everything that Ford was talking about, EVs, connectivity, actually re being presented here rather than just, you know, having some kind of photos yeah. that are not here or like, you know, all those kind of things. I mean... That, that was a little bit disappointing, but um, let, let's start talking about Ford, actually, in a bit more detail. The polarization that we're seeing um, is also, you know, one of the biggest changes this year is, um, you know, for a while it's been kind of moved down Detroit in terms of what's uh, being shown in terms of relevancy for the larger car market yeah. now. It, it's built an international show, but it's very much now seeming like a much more regional show, certainly focused on the American market as it should be, but focused to the specific region in the country yeah. because it's quite fragmented. Um, you know, like, for example, um, you know, Toyota doesn't sell all that many cars in this Midwestern area. Um, so it's kind of losing a little bit of its credibility from that perspective. But anyway, yeah, you were saying... 
Should yeah. we go on and talk about? Yeah, because I think we can start complaining about what the show is all about and like you know how how it is maybe you know affected by CES and LA in detail. But you know, let's go let's go really into the cars a little bit as well and mm. let's start a little bit from what we saw first, which was the Ford one. Yes. And I think we came out of this and we were actually quite disappointed. Not just from the idea of not showing any kind of EVs or really connectivity, but this was old school. This was like, this could have happened about 10 years ago. So showing a new Ford Explorer, which design-wise is okay. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. Uh, it's nothing amazingly fantastic. But the GT500 for me is a disappointment. It's something that changed a little bit. The grill has become bigger. Another whale style, you know, Aston Martin kind of indication that, you know, the grills are getting bigger and bigger. But apart from that, it was a pure disappointment. Nothing else was new. There was nothing really. We were hoping for the Bronco. The Bronco didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, Ford, quite sad that they've shown in their, that they haven't shown anything really big in their hometown. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was like the major disappointment. I thought the press conference was really nice. It kicked off with uh, a very emotional sentiment to patriotism for the U.S., um, you know, taught, told by uh, a man of Indian heritage and the opportunities that Ford presented his family. So it was far, far better and more positive than the nationalistic um, message we're getting from the President of the United States, uh, which I thought was, um, was welcome. But then, yeah, I mean, what, what really struck me was, you know, the, the fact that the, the auto industry really doesn't know which way to go at the moment, you know. Um, the Explorer, like you said, from a design perspective, I had a good chance to, you know, walk around there today. Um, they're exploring different surfaces, even for a truck, for a crossover. It's, it's actually quite a big crossover. Um, it's growing again in size. Uh, you know, the only disappointment for me really was the fact that I was expecting something that wasn't shown. But yeah. um, for the Mustang, you know, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. Um, and they just wanted to give it a hell of a lot more power, which they did. Um, the Explorer for this new 2020 generation, I think, because it rides on this rear drive platform now, is far better proportioned. Yeah. Um, they've done a hell of a lot more in terms of surface entertainment, um, you know, because there's convex, concave surfaces, like there's a... You know, it's not a slab-sided vehicle mm. by a long shot. So um, that differentiates it a bit and makes it a bit more sporting than uh, than the larger Expedition. Uh, the interior is, um, you know, one of the things that is also very much on trend. You know, we've seen it in Tesla with this portrait-style screen. You know, you don't need that size of a screen, but hey, it's technology sells nowadays. And, you know, of course, CES is having a, turning into a, a motor show or a car show. Is, uh, it speaks to that as well, but um, you know, Ford could have made a bigger splash without question in its hometown, as could have uh, Ram, which last year showed yeah. a brand new version of the uh, um, 1500 uh, you know pickup truck. This year they just showed the heavy duty, super duty one. Um, they don't call it super duty; they call it power wagon. Anyway, whatever. So yes, I mean the thing is, Cadillac, I think. From a domestic manufacturer standpoint, GM, um, the biggest thing to speak about from uh, from GM was the new XT6. Six, yeah. Um, which is an evolution of the art and design surface language, um, but it's also toning it down a bit. I think what what I like about it is the fact that there is the potential to make headlamps much smaller, yeah, um, because of the technology that exists. And they're harnessing that, um, which I think is great. 
But then there's other bits like yesterday when we sat inside it, you know, it's grabbing onto the shift, the shifter, the gear shift is made of plastic and come on, you know, Cadillac, you can do better. I mean, Volvo has, uh, you know, a crystal gear shift. I mean, that's the a main touch point in that vehicle. Yeah. You need to have... I and think then the, 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 the noticeable um, kind of other Volvo element is the, uh, the D-pillar, <laughs> you know, uh, XC6, XC90... Um, aping, yeah. um, you know, I, I, treatment. I, I think as you can, you can, you can clearly see an evolution of what the American manufacturers are doing, but they're still lacking behind of like you know innovative interiors. I think it's pretty much like looking into what works, what is it that the people like at the moment, and then copying it. Looking into a price aspect as well, and you know, making it quite cheap. Um, but for us, and I, I think we are in this quite quite crazy situation where we get to see a lot of cars. We, you know, sometimes get to test drive them as well. So we see a lot of, you know, differentiation points. And that was really the downside, I think, for me is that you know the same with the Rams and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool, and I can see like you know, it's becoming a bit more. It's a Midwestern car. Yeah, so it's like you know you have loads of space, loads to tow. Yes, you need that kind of car. Do I think you can make it prettier? Of course, you know. And I think you can also make it prettier for in the same price range. It's a little bit too much of that, let's copy something that works rather than finding our own way of doing things. And this is a little bit for the Americans for me at the moment, the, the direction that they're moving into. Ford was a little bit similar. You just mentioned the big Tesla screens that are coming with that. So I'm not 100% sure if I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, but if it works over here, and apparently it does, I mean, you know, like the F one fifty is the well, like they sell like three hundred thousand of that car, you know, alone. If now the range is coming in, you know, they might go easily up to like five hundred in total, depending on what kind of group they're aiming for. Um, but from a pure design perspective, especially, you know, if we look into something such as an Infinity concept, if we're looking into uh, even the GAC concept, which is obviously Chinese, if we look into the Nissan concept. Um, there's much more evolution in terms of interior, exploring what space is going to be like, you know, technology as well. And um, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little bit, um, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit torn because I was hoping for the Americans to show some concept as well, especially on the interior, but there wasn't really anything. So I'm not quite sure where they want to go. From the, ex from the exterior perspective, I think they're going into the right direction. I mean, but the Cadillacs get better and better, you know, still very American this kind of you know a little bit of a blocky old school style but like they're evolving that and they're pushing that forward um, but it's not yet you know on, on, on par with this kind of evolution that for example a, uh, a Mercedes went through like you know about seven years ago I think this push uh, hasn't happened over here yet it's more a little bit of a conservative development yeah from my perspective yeah, I think the biggest thing that um, that I've noticed I mean For Cadillac to want to compete with the BMWs and the, the, the Mercedes, they really need to start bringing up quality. That yeah. was the biggest issue, is the quality, um, the touch points, the perceived quality. Um, you know, and of course, that along with that comes the incorporation of technology. And I think that they kind of fell behind. But as you mentioned, this is a very price-dependent market. Um, yeah. You know, everyone is... You know, I mean, that Telluride is one thing that we haven't mentioned, which is a very, a Kia. very good... That is a Kia? The Kia Telluride is a very good uh, proposal for um, a full-size SUV, which, um, you know, arguably is better than the Palisade that was 
the Hyundai Palisade that was shown in uh, in LA. Um, it's a very nice um, vehicle, and I think you know from a price point perspective, it's going to hit the nail on the head. But it doesn't look like it's actually skipping on quality. It doesn't feel like an inferior product with you know a plasticky feel. So I think that is really what kind of let me down. But you know, you mentioned that there weren't many concepts from the American. Uh, manufacturers and it's it's true we haven't seen many concepts from the Americans period yeah like in, in recent times yeah just you know Cadillac used to show off uh, you know really cool things um, but uh, it seems like GM's kind of throttled it back some uh, it's also obviously a money issue I think you know like GM is just I mean you know we at this show in recent years we've seen the Avista we've seen the uh, Scala we've seen you know beautiful um, you know, Cadillac concepts, Buick concepts, all sorts of, um, and and they're just non-existent. So, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, now they're resorting to rendering. So, obviously, there's big changes going on within GM at the moment. Um, a lot of things are, are you know, uh, because a lot of changes are happening within the world, they're having to respond to yeah. those changes. So, hopefully, we'll see the dust settle in uh, in the next few months. Um, but for now, yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing from the American manufacturers. Because, let's face it, you know, when Eyes on Design goes to vote later on today, they've got their choice between um, two Japanese concept cars and, yeah. a, and, a, and a Chinese one. Because, yeah. you know, Nissan is obviously playing the odds because they're, um, Nissan and Infiniti are, are here with concept cars. They're very good concept cars yeah. as well. And then GAC is also here with a concept car. Um, and the, the second time that this manufacturer, this Chinese manufacturer, yeah. has been really just knocking on Detroit's door saying, yeah, hello, yeah. we're here on the main floor, um, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's getting real. Yeah, so let's jump on them right away, because I think, you know, as Eric just mentioned, we are a little bit limited in terms of talking about the American cars, so let's talk about what we have just right here, which is the uh, Infiniti QX Inspiration, which is the third concept car that has been shown under the direction of Karim Habib. If, if I'm not mistaken. So we had yeah. the, the Q Inspiration first, which was the sedan. Then we had the Prototype 10, which is actually, we can't really see it, but it's right behind that. Yeah. And um, so what else do we have is now the QX Inspiration. Yes. Yeah. And that is fantastic. Uh, one has to say, unfortunately, they had a little bit of an issue yesterday. The car didn't roll out. There were some electronics uh, that went a bit faulty. But now it's open. You know, we had a conversation a little bit with Karim about it already. And it's fantastic. It looks really, really good. And compared to the pictures that we've seen, the stance on this thing is incredible. Like, it is, it has a nice presence. We've been told it's, uh, the platform is very, very close to uh, the production platform that it's going to be based on. So, you know, we can, we can imagine something similar coming out of Infinity. Obviously, it's fully electric. So um, they are they are moving towards the fully electric platforms, and I think 221 is when they want to bring those in. Um, so it's again we spoke about Infinity quite often or quite regularly. They have to show now to bring this into production. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that that's I think the point for it. Infinity has been showing concepts for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> um, no, I mean look, it's this is like you said the third car that we've seen under Kareem's um, direction. It's arguably the best, the most relevant, uh, you know, these cars, these types of vehicles are just killing it. These compact sport crossovers um, are brilliant. But from a design perspective, yes, it's, it's 
proportionally, it's 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 amazing. Um, I really like the surfacing, which, as you mentioned as well, in the renderings that they chose to distribute to the press, um, that was just a, a real shame because they didn't do this car justice. I mean, to see this car in the metal, to see it in 3D, to see the interior, the colorways, the the ambient lighting, the you know, it's. The, the, everything about this um, is, is brilliant. It's a shame that it's actually not spinning around because I, arguably yeah. the best part of this vehicle is in the interior, um, which was designed and, and definitely what, uh, what Karim and Alfonso Abeza uh, have done um, since Alfonso took over for Shiro Nakamura a few years ago um, is really harness the, uh, the Japanese aspect of the brands and uh, make that show through in the vehicle so that's craftsmanship that's um, everything uh, having to do with Japanese culture um, which is Alfonso is really strong suit I mean you know he's he's tapping into that and he's not a Japanese executive he's like the only non-Japanese executive of the sun and yeah he's managing to really get into that sensibility of what it is to be a Japanese product and um, I think they're hitting it out of the park. You mentioned the Nissan concept. That to me is a little bit more derivative. Yeah. Um, you know, I see some Volkswagen in that. I see some Lucid in that. Um, I see, you know, certain elements that we've seen before. I mean, you know, every manufacturer is going to do it. You know, like um, talking about uh, uh, Ford, for example, when they when they unveiled the new police interceptor, talking mm -hmm. about how it would inform. Um, you know, some some satellite uh, um, uh, via satellite about uh, the fact that an officer was in trouble. A GM's been doing that with OnStar for over a decade. Yeah, it's like none of which is extremely new. But if you talk, if you listen to these marketing guys at the PR um, conferences, uh, it's like they invented it. You know, so um, it, it, that Nissan, for example, is is quite nice. We had a chance to speak with uh, Giovanni, who's from um, the, the, the NDA studio. Yeah. In the uh, in the studio, and um, well, no, he's in uh, he's in Tokyo now. Is he? Oh yeah, he's now. Yeah, he used to be in. Uh, yeah. Um, and and there's quite a lot of things that are going on within that vehicle. That well, it was a collaborative effort be between NDA and. Uh, the Tokyo studio with HMI coming out of Tokyo and it does have quite a lot of ideas um, but you know again it's not like you know the the seats tilting towards one another in the front for example is not uh, that's not a new thing you know? yeah I do like the rear kind of drone like um, uh, center seat in the rear which is um, might be you know uh, designed to appeal to um, the Chinese market in some way as well yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a nice piece of design. I like you know certain parametric elements that they brought in, just like they did with the GAC. Concept. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of come back quickly onto um, onto the uh, the, the QX, uh, we had this really interesting conversation yesterday with Karim Habib about the process, how this came about, and um, and he said the modelers, and in particular the clay modelers, had a big influence on that. And I think. If you're actually in front of both cars and you compare the Nissan, and I want to say something like a little bit of a criticism of both cars uh, in just a little bit, but you can see that the Nissan probably was done a little bit more digital, whereas this was handcrafted. I think they obviously did a lot of digital work on this one as well, but the, the influence of the clay modelers from what Karim said as well is uh, was uh, was impeccable on that one and you can see that on the surfacing you can see that on you know everything that happened around it as well the way it's sculptured um, it, 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 it is handmade and I think this is 
also very Japanese, something that Karim always mentions, you know, is this kind of Japanese craftsmanship that comes with it. And you can see that on the Infinity. And I think this is really what puts it apart a little bit onto this kind of, you know, premium and above sector. But for me, the biggest, you know, the strangest point is that Nissan has shown this IMS concept here because it is fully electric but it easily could have been an infinity in terms of its design language in terms of especially on the interior if you are in this you have two seats in the front and only one seat in the back that's usually a sign of a more premium almost luxury style so what I'm asking myself is where does this put infinity because if Nissan with this you know EV movement now wants to maybe move a little bit higher than in this kind of mid-market sector and move towards the premium level. What's going to happen with Infiniti? Because let's be honest, um, it, they're not going to work towards a Rolls-Royce or a Maybach or like, you know, those kind of, those kind of brands. They, they won't be respected in, that, in, in, in those levels. So that's in terms of a strategy going to be interesting to see. And also from a form language, from a design language, how are they going to differentiate? Because if Nissan... And this is obviously what they said, want to follow through with something like that. Well, then we have to wait and see that, you know, that they're hopefully not cannibalizing each other. Because that is, that is a problem that I could see arise over here. And that's my only problem that I had with that. I'm not the biggest... The, the, inter, the exterior of the Nissan is nice. But like I said, I, I can't really differentiate the group that it aims for. Um, because it is almost like being autonomous. It's supposed to be, you know, you, you are not the driver anymore. You are being driven in those kind of cars. So... Um, I would love to hear, obviously, from our you know listeners and obviously from from everybody watching what they think of that and what kind of idea they have from that because that that was something that I I, I couldn't answer myself. That was, and obviously, like you know, the people that we asked, it's like oh, you know, this is something that we cannot comment on, and fair enough, and uh, you know, realistically, that you know that won't that won't come out of a very um, very very soon. So that's going to be interesting to see in which kind of direction they're going in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. You, know, I you need to put up your mic, man. <laughs> this one, the other one. <laughs> there's enough differentiation, I think, um, between the Nissan and the Infiniti from a surfacing perspective, from a form language perspective. Um, Nissan with the air curtains and the fenders that are coming out in the front and the rear um, is quite different. Um, but, you know, from a positioning perspective, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, the Nissan, is this IMS that's on show here, is definitely, um, you know, treading on Infinity's toes, perhaps a little too closely, um, because it's not a premium brand, and it, that is certainly a very near premium yeah. product. Um, but it, again, it's it's more of a driver's car with some autonomous functions, and I think uh, we heard this um, before, where you know, during the week, for example, in China, um, the largest car market in the world, so therefore a huge source of inspiration for designing future vehicles that people are going to want to uh, drive. Um, they have vehicles and wealthy owners have a chauffeur for during the week when they yeah. want to go to work. Um, and then, so they sit in the back in this single seat, massive lounge chair, um, which is nice. And then during the um, weekends, they actually want to drive their vehicles yeah. themselves. So it's um, you know then it becomes a, a driver's car and something that they're proud to get behind the wheel of and happy to um, drive around with their family. And so um, it's like you said, the only real issue that I, ha I have with the Nissan is the fact that it is, though in in some way it's more uh, avant-garde 
than um, you know elegant, yeah. um, which the Infinity certainly is. Um, it is also getting catching up a little bit too too much to the premium sector that Infinity obviously sits in um, and lives in, um, which is why it was created 30 years ago. So um, yeah, I mean, and to talk about you know. The unfortunate occurrence that happened yesterday has well been well publicized, but it shouldn't be. It's a concept car. Things yeah. go wrong, you know. Um, and you know, but people, especially journalists that were here at the event, it was you know, a, a, I was very sad for, for for Kareem because he was up there um, giving it his all, and you know, he did improvise a fair bit and catch <laughs> up with it, and that was good. Um, and but, kudos you know, to him that was actually good. Yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't panic. He, he went through the motions, and you know, it was a, a, a pretty big fail. But you know, it's uh, it is it is what it is. And at the end, the concept car that is now um, working and functioning and um, sitting behind us, all lit up and and all the rest, is arguably the star of the show. And I think we're going to get to whom. Yeah. You know, what your your vote is for what car and all of that a bit later. So I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna interrupt <laughs> that or, no, or spoil it right now. But so um, let's let's stay quickly on the Japanese before we get into JC, uh, GAC. Something that we all know what it was pretty much looking like already. Mm. You know, has finally been you know revealed over here, which is the Toyota Supra. Oh right. Um, obviously one of the biggest stars in terms of production car I think like the biggest reveal even though like the reveal was no surprise anymore everybody knew what it would look like pretty much but it is definitely better than the BMW Z4 I think we can agree on that one in terms of the design as well and I like it I know that you are not the biggest fan of it but I actually like it um, the only problem is they really have to figure out the lighting at these show stands over here I mean they have a, uh, a red version and they have a white version of it And like, man, the white one is terribly lighted. You know, it really doesn't look good in that sense. But the red one is, uh, is, uh, is great. And it is quite close to an FT1. Obviously, the platform is a little bit different. You know, um, the, the, the whole you know, package is obviously a different one. But kudos to the, uh, to the Toyota design team. They, they, they've gotten very, very close to the FT1. Um, with with that package, yeah, like like you said, I'm not the biggest fan of that car. It's a shame because um, I loved the FT1 when it came out. What was it, 2014? Um, so when that car was shown, I was like, this is amazing. But I think they've they've strayed a bit too far. Um, and the uh, obvious hindrance was the platform, which uh, you know, like you mentioned, they share with the BMW Z4. So. Um, that was that was a shame, you know. I mean, the overhang on that car, you know, mid-mounted engine. It doesn't need to be that long. Front mid-mounted engine. They've got a straight six in there. Um, and, and you know, it's going to be a performance beast. You know, it handles well because you know it, it was done BMW. <laughs> in construction in uh, partnership with BMW. BMW, I think, supplied the engine. So this is going to be a beast. But at the same time, yeah, I'm not a fan. I think proportionately, proportionately, it is off. I think the overhang is far too long. Um, but it dis it's disguised better than it is on BMW mm -hmm. 7 Z4. Um, and then the rear is truncated. Now, it has some uh, semblance of, of the uh, FT1, you know, some elements like... Especially the front. The, the front, front is the very, front very ends, close. You know, the headlamp treatment and all. Um, the FT1 was miles ahead in terms of technology, in terms of, you know, showcasing that vision just... You know, making it look like uh, Terminator style and stuff. 
Um, and so it was, it was better in my view, but again, you know, cost comes into play when you're developing a production car, so it's probably not possible. But I think from a, um, you know, a stance-wise, from a, uh, just a proportions perspective, the FT1 was killing it. Um, and this car, especially at the rear, looks truncated and then the front overhang is quite long. And that to me is, is a bit disappointing. Now, if you look at what it was, it hasn't actually grown in size from the predecessor. Not too much anyway, it hasn't strayed too mm -hmm. far. Um, and so I'm sure it'll be a success. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to drive very well. But, um, you know, the one from 1998 is still, you know, maybe this new one will grow on me. But at the moment, and I haven't been behind the wheel of it or anything, but I'm just judging it from pure aesthetics. It looks, it looks okay. And, you know, I'm not mad at it, but it, I think... You're not also happy about I'm not, it. So. I'm not thrilled about the fact that... I think they just gave too much away by sharing that, that platform. Yeah. All right, so getting on to the last one, and then we're already finished. So you can see it's quite a small show. <laughs> um, GAC. Yes. So you had a you actually had a long conversation with Pontus yesterday. Yes. Um, about exterior, interior. So just to give you know everybody a little bit of an overview. So this car was done by the GAC Advanced Design Team in LA, which is run by Pontus Fonteus. Uh, formerly at Volvo, Faraday Future, and so on and so on. And Fanzang was here as well. So, like, you know, they had a f uh, like VP design for, uh, for GAC Auto. And it was actually quite good. Um, had some very interesting, especially on the interior. Again, nothing majorly new. Like, if you, if you know some parts of the industry, you would say, like, oh, we've seen this and this and that before. But I think for a Chinese manufacturer to show something like that here, they're miles ahead of whatever Ford are doing, they're miles ahead of whatever um, the guys over at GM are doing, like FCA are doing, you know, Alpha's here, they show nothing new. And it was quite impressive. I would say, if, you know, from I, I would not have expected something like that. Um, I heard some voices saying, yeah, it's kind of an MPV structure, Why? who buys MPVs nowadays? But... Um, no, I think, you know, the MPVs will come, especially in this kind of new mobility style. We see it with Uber, we see it with, you know, any kind of ride sharing. In, in China, it's obviously Didi, um, you know, which is the biggest one. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch where they are going uh, in the future. And um, the interior is, I think, much better than the exterior. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure what you thought, but maybe you can fill us in a little bit on what, um, what uh, Pontus said as well. Well, I mean, essentially, you know, the uh, I think from a typology perspective, I think that car is just right. Pontus knows what he's doing. He's working for a Chinese manufacturer. In China, they have, you know, they have one car for the, for the large family, uh, travel around with the grandparents and, uh, you know, everybody. And so this seven-seat, three-row SUV um, is basically what it is. It's a crossover. It's not an MPV, but it could be envisioned as being the modern-day Espace. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, for example, because they did go into more of a crossover typology. So that's exactly what this is. Now, um, Pontus, you know, uh, you know, when we spoke, talked a lot about the whole, like, inside-out aspect, which is, you know, very much on trend. There's a lot of elements that are very much on trend with this vehicle. One of my favorite bits is the fact that it's not actually showcasing... Um, the screens and the technology yeah. as much as some other brands. So, you know, Byton puts a massive screen in front of you on the windscreen, whereas um, GAC and, in fact, Pontus' studio in L.A. Um, 
is you know concealing a screen behind a cork uh, board on the IP, so it's not entirely yeah. visible. He's still keeping the driver's essence. He's still um, making it a, a driver's car as opposed to just a you know an autonomous pod that's going to ferry people around. But I think you know there's a lot of very cool elements within that vehicle that are you know uh, that pertain to and are very significant for where it is that we need to go um, in terms of mobility, in terms of the future of yeah. the vehicle. And, you know, so there's, from a design perspective, a lot of things that are quite cool and quite attractive. Um, but I think from a vehicle typology, it's definitely, uh, it hits that sweet spot. Um, but also, you know, again, speaking with Pontus, um, it's not something that's really kind of blue sky, like way out of this... Yeah, it could be produced. Um, you know, if you wanted to, you could probably take out the, um, you know, put some smaller wheels on it. And, you know, the proportions might change a little bit if you actually physically put The it doors in. as well, there would probably have to be some kind of B-pillar or something like that. Yeah. But. So, you know, s subtle changes, of course. Um, doors, you know, in itself is, is quite nice. Yeah. But it's not, you know, paramount that you would have, uh, you know, these these uh, articulating kind of, uh, you know, rather than conventional doors or indeed um, suicide doors like you have on the majority yeah. of concepts. Um, in the absence of a B pillar, it's not it's not too bad, you know, too, um, you could envisit, envision something like that happening. And what's it called again? In, in, in Entrance. Entrance, okay, there you go. But with so, like a weird extra spelling with it, so for a, we're, we're not sure how the intonation is yeah. supposed to work, but um, entrance yeah. or entrance. Well, I mean, there's loads of different ways that you can interpret this, but anyway, it's quite an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, so it's it's not it's not bad. I, I would have personally chosen some different colorways, as you mentioned. You know, said the lighting indoors here. You know, all the, everything's artificial lighting. Yeah. For a marketing department to pick a white car is a shame because white cars just don't photograph well at all. They lose all detail. You can't get anything. So the best thing to show is, uh, you know, a silver car. Yeah. What the, but what, you how, can't have a. Obviously, the FT1 was shown in silver at one point. They can't show silver cars everywhere and all the time. Yeah. But um, you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I would have picked, I think, a different color for that. Um, for that car, but there's lots of lots of cool details, I think, um, within it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice concept from from GAC that was done in very little time with a very very young team. That was actually the team was being built at the same time as the concept was being created. So it was um, yeah, one hell of a project from like one of the the star designers, as Pontus calls him, um, was a, a fresh grad out of CCS. Like, yeah. You know, it's like his first the rock job stars. ever. And then the rock stars. Yeah, the star designers, and then he has the rock stars, which are usually his modelers, I yeah, think. Right, yes, um, yes. No, it was... I, the alias modelers... He definitely stresses the importance of yeah. being able to translate a physical sketch. And so again, and I, you know, you know, Pontus mentioned that this car was pretty much done in three D only. Obviously, there was a hard modeling process behind it, and you know, I, I think that's something that we can see out of California is that three D is obviously the the big kind of process way that they're doing here, whereas maybe the Japanese are a little bit more traditional, um, especially with obviously what we see behind here. But it is. I think it was a good concept car, you know, and obviously it got quite a lot of attention because of the lack of concept cars from the Americans. I think, you know, 
can it compete with the Japanese in terms of craftsmanship, in terms of also experience? Yeah, um, probably not. But if you look into this, like again, how far the, the, the Chinese manufacturers have come, I would even say they're almost like ahead in terms of creativity at the moment to the Americans. You know, Absolutely. so the Americans have slid a little bit, and um, it's gonna be interesting to see how they will fare on with that because that's and that's mostly a credit to really the guys over at um, uh, over in, the, in in China. Yeah, so that's gonna be gonna be interesting, but. To wrap it up, I would say our tops and flops, yeah. And I would say um, I'm going to start quickly. So my top is definitely what we see behind here. Um, that was fantastic. That was really, really good. You know, I had, I had really a lot of enjoyment coming out of this from 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 what I saw. Um, so that that is by mile by, by a mile probably the best thing that we have seen here. In terms of a flop, I would I would keep it into like you know the general American manufacturers and the lack of creativity that they've shown a little bit over here. I would have expected with Detroit being so pushed forward, you know, and having usually like this kind of big coming out stage with like something new, that nothing has happened here. That was the biggest disappointment for me, unfortunately. Mm. So um, you know, kudos obviously to Karim and the team, and obviously everybody in Infinity here. Um, but uh, yeah, like the American manufacturers in general, it's a shame. It's a shame, and let's hope yeah. they they can they can, you know, go into the right direction. Yes, uh, especially you know because it is their home show, so it is a shame that they didn't make a bigger splash. But like you said, you know, um, just after LA, where this year or last year it was definitely LA's turn, um, and just after C CES, where there was some presence. But from what I've heard, I didn't go, but from what I've heard, it was not the biggest show. And so it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for, I think, Detroit to play in this, uh, in this um, new kind of world where the diminishing um, motor show uh, interest. Um, but, you know, taking that into, uh, you know, and uh, so I definitely agree with you in terms of the American manufacturers. I think they could have definitely just spent a little bit of money, a little bit of time, and shown something interesting um, from, especially for GM, I mean, they've got loads of brands, like, just come up with something cool for Chevrolet, or, I mean, I don't know what's going on, you know, I mean, we haven't actually seen a concept car since um, since the new head of design, since Simcoe took over from yeah. Ed Welburn, I mean, Ed Welburn used to come out with concept cars all the time, Yeah, um, it, it would appear, now, I, I don't know. Um, at, at Ford, again, no, no, like concept. We haven't really seen many concepts out of these, you know, um, American manufacturers, uh, regardless. So maybe it's more of a European thing and more of a Chinese thing now. But it's nice to dream. It's nice to, and and I think for a hopefully a dream that will become a reality. What is sitting behind us definitely takes the cake from the uh, from the concept car uh, category. And I'd be interested to see. What um, you know, I always, I always actually make a little bet with myself to see <laughs> if I'm right. So you know, I mean, um, I always try to pick who the concept car of the year is and who the production car of the year is before they actually go and I make that announcement. And usually I'm right. Well, actually, only been wrong once. Uh, I think in the last seven years. But I predict that this will take home 
the uh, unless they want to be political about it, um, this is going to take home the concept of the yeah. from Eyes on Design. And if they want to be political about it, they'll probably pick GAC. <laughs> but um, I think that this is uh, this is definitely from just a, a general kind of experience and well-being, and I mean, it just makes you feel good. You know, you look inside; it's just everything is so beautiful nothing is cheesy on it you know no, like, there's really this little so flower nice. in there like you know the little cherry blossom and it, it's not cheesy at all yeah so, absolutely um, this, is a, this is a five star luxury hotel with like you know uh, whatever four star Michelin restaurant yeah. this is very 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 good in terms of quality in terms of execution yeah. and I think it's um, yeah very 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 nice from a conceptual perspective and I hope like Kareem said that You know, it's not that far off from the from the actual uh, feasibility aspect of what they can do in terms yeah. of production. Cool. So moving on now to concept to production car, then what would be your production? I'll take car? the Supra all day long. Right. I like the Supra. I have explained why I like it. Yeah. Supra it is. I'm going to go tell you right because I was quite impressed by that. Um, I think uh, for this market in particular, it's uh, it's it's better from a quality perspective, certainly. Um, than the Atlas from Volkswagen, which is also uh, specifically tailored to this market. Um, and I think it's gonna, you know, that's probably why the American manufacturers aren't actually showing um, any concepts, because they're trying to, I think, just delve into these production yeah. programs and like, let's come out with some good stuff, like, real fast, because that Kia is, um, that's gonna take some sales away from these big boys. Like, uh, you know, it would not surprise me to see somebody that was potentially, you know, Especially if the price point is right. That's they obviously haven't told us yet exactly yes. where it's going to be, but if the price point is right, I think for me the problem was the interior. Mm. Like that, that, that was something where maybe the price could be lowered a little bit. Um, it wasn't fantastic, but the exterior is quite good. Um, so, you know, can't can't really complain with your choice either. I like to tell you right, you know, for what it is. Uh, we were actually talking about would it come to Europe, and obviously it's not coming to Europe, but. Uh, you know, if you compare that for a, you know a, a budget car and what it is from a Kia, again they're keeping it up, man. Like you know, yeah. the the quality is good, you know, uh, the size is good, so everything is fine. And oh, there's Karim, <laughs> we, we <laughs> and um, yeah, so happy days. Um, yeah, I think I think one. if you compare it, and again, we don't know the actual price point, but it's always been competitive against the other offerings in the segments that they've competed in, and Kia has always killed it with in, in terms of design and execution and received quality certainly under Schreier and now they're just continuing to do that um, but I think yeah from a, from an execution standpoint you know the, against Tahoe or Yukon on the, on the GMC and against uh, you know uh, uh, um, uh, Expedition on the uh, on the full size um, kind of um, uh, Ford range I think that the Kia is, is actually a strong com contender and competitor so we'll see Cool. All right. So, this was us from the 2019 Detroit Motor Show. Yes. We Thank do. You for joining us. Yes, we do hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions, of course, as always, message us, email us, uh, contact us on social media, whatever you know, channel you can think of. Yeah. And we will be back with our normal podcasting 
way of doing things in about, you know, a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Regularly scheduled programming will resume. <laughs> and uh, of course, this was the first one oh, in yeah, 2000. So happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was the first one in 2019. So uh, we're looking for, forward to a lovely 2019. Obviously, we keep on going those shows. And if you have also any kind of special requests, you know, special people you want us to talk about, we are planning. Uh, we, By the way, what I wanted to say, yes, we are still in touch with Frank Stephenson about this, what I've announced and what we wanted to do. It just hasn't, we just haven't found the, the proper time to do it yet. Welcome to the world of car designers. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully we'll be doing one on UX as well. So if you have some questions about all those things, um, please do let us know. And from that, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, Eric, as always, a pleasure. Thank you, Thank you Martin. Anytime. And uh, see you very, very soon. Cheers, guys.